Hello everyone and welcome back to our climate parenting podcast, Mum Will the Planet Die Before I Do? I'm Babita Sharma. And I'm Katie Glassborough. And we're grateful. I can't even speak, Katie, we haven't even started the podcast yet, but we're grateful to have you all back with us for this episode. And today we're going to be speaking to Ollie Cook, who is in the business of making us offsetters. Um, He's the founder of a startup called Echo, which empowers the big brands, businesses and customers all around the world to measure their climate impact via your very own bank card. So how does it work, you might be thinking. Ollie is joining us now to explain how he is trying to make all of our finances greener. I'm a parent. I've got two young girls uh, who are five and three. And What are their names? Imogen and Ella, you know what? They're going to love me for that. They asked me if, <laughs> uh, when I said I was doing this, they said, can I have my name through Alexa? So sorry yeah. for saying the dreaded <laughs> word. Um, but yeah, they will uh, They will love that. that we've named them. So why Echo? What is Echo all about, Ollie? Because I could read the blurb and read that out right now for our listeners, but it's probably better that you tell me what it is and that we can yeah. digest that a little bit and then break it down. Yeah, of course. So, so Echo is all about empowering consumers and businesses to take on climate change or sustainability more generally. And we do that through looking at purchase transactions. There are 700, more than 700 billion transactions happening around the world every year. And we try and get into those payments and those transactions, whether you're buying something or whether you're making a payment to a friend and help people. So using our technology, we can tell you the carbon footprint of what, you're, what you've purchased. We can help you reduce your carbon footprint because we see your behavior. We can help you figure out ways for you to live more sustainably. Then we can use those, those payments to do reforestation, save plastic bottles from entering the ocean, lots of really interesting sustainable projects. And then finally, any kind of residual part of your footprint that you've got left over, we can carbon offset that. And we do well, that. So that is a lot of stuff already right there. But how what, how, what are we talking about here when you say transactions like what are we physically talking about whenever you buy anything anywhere so whether you're using your card to buy something whether you're buying it online whether you are a business and you're buying stuff for your teams whatever that might be that's the area because that's ultimately where financial services has such an incredible space to do something in climate change because we get to see all this data that you do and you don't necessarily know you're interacting with financial services so if you went to town for a day to go to work, you've gotten the tube, you've tapped into the car twice at least, you've gone to get yourself a coffee, you've gone, we know everything that's going on. And actually we can use that data to do some good things because we see all the information. That's what that's what we're doing. You know, that was um, interesting to me because obviously the ultimate thing that we can do for the environment is not buy stuff and just yeah. buy less stuff and consume less things and use financial services less. But the fact that you're, I mean, we still do, I have a bank, I've just opened a bank account for my son, um, who is 13. So the fact that you're taking on an industry or you're operating an industry that that we all have to operate in, or lots of us do, um, I think is really, really fascinating, because I'd love to think of, I'd love to not use banks, I'd love to trade, and I'd love to, you know, but but that's not the reality of of how we live. Um, so is that is was that kind of a conscious thing when you would when you'd been in the financial industry for a certain amount of time was that a conscious thing to to be kind of using your experience the financial industry yeah and that's actually something we wrestled with a lot when we were designing what we're doing kind of building it is 
buying stuff is inherently bad generally and therefore we're using that to power good and then it came to the reality so me as an individual i try and live more sustainably but i i do still need to go into town i do still need to you know buy stuff from the shops to feed and it's been able to use what you are doing to drive positive change on the basis that it is very unlikely that we will all be completely carbon neutral have no impact whatsoever so actually it's helping people figure out ways to become a bit better and 10 20 percent better and our kind of whole ethos around echo is if we can make millions of people 10 20 percent better then that's a really good impact and it's a good step in the right direction so how, do you, has that. So how do you do that because i'm still trying to work out how this works yeah so we do it in different ways so we have our own um debit card and kind of consumer um app in the uk which as you buy anything on your good vibes echo debit card will tell you the carbon footprint Ba -boom. Exactly. yeah there, there we there we go the post but we are talking about a physical card here that you're using right yes physical card or an, to, or an app or you know apple pay google pay so you you buy it we'll tell you the carbon footprint and then over time as you use your card we get to understand the way you transact and what you spend your money on and where you actually see your carbon footprint and then we can give you helpful notifications to figure out ways to reduce it or encourage you so if you've you've done lots of really good stuff this month, you've helped reduce your carbon footprint, say 20%. We then try and encourage you by giving you the reward, like Fitbit give you the reward around, you're doing it really well, you know, you're smashing it this month, keep it up and help encouraging you to do more. Good stuff. So how does that, what does that encouragement look like? Is it like, here's a 50 pound voucher, go back into town and spend it again? No, uh, no, it's, it's all on behavior. So it'd be like, you're in the, that's the best month you've had since you've had been an Echo customer or you're in the top 10% of people like you, keep it up. So exactly like Fitbit, always, it never tells me off I've been lazy. It always encourages me to do more good stuff, walk more, do more running. We want to encourage you to continue to reduce your carbon footprint. This is very interesting, isn't it, Katie? And reduce the carbon footprint by what spending in certain ways so you can track the, the way that people are spending, what they're spending their money on, how they're consuming. Yeah, so, so in your um, Echo app, you can track where is your carbon footprint and what part of my world is actually the most, the biggest contributor and do I need to change it, do I not? So when I started um, with my first Echo account when we started building it, you suddenly start to see the pattern of eating out has a huge impact on my carbon footprint. So it gave me the notification to go, oh, wait a second, I need to reduce that, that's easy, I can do that. So now I reduce my carbon footprint, I don't really eat out that often, you know, we go out to town, with work I take lunch. Homemade, and that's made a significant difference. You can track it and see the performance. Uh, I mean, how do you devise this piece of kit software coding, all that goes into it? I mean, you know, you said when you set up your account and you were doing it for yourself. I mean, this is a one man job initially, right? Ollie, this was your vision, I'm right in thinking. Uh, there were four of us who, who started building this together um, about three years ago. So. So there's four of us who, who are the founders, and then since then, you know, the team's grown, and we've got some more people helping us build and service our customers. Um, but the, the question is on the on the data as well, right? So, so it's very hard to track carbon footprint of everything in the world, especially products and services. Um, so we use data that has the carbon footprint of the shop you're shopping at. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. We'll, we'll go there in a minute in the big yeah. data, but I still want to get back to the, you and, you know, your, your three other friends, I'm presuming you'd like to be even 
partnership with friends, I suppose, but, you know, four of you, why come up with this idea? Like, what was the over, what was the big thing you wanted to do? Um, it actually started, we were talking, we weren't talking about doing a business together. And that wasn't the conversation. It was all around talking about climate, talking about sustainability. And then what are we as individuals doing? Both as we all kind of ran uh, businesses and then we all, obviously most of us are parents and, and have day-to-day lives. And we were really struggling with trying to do more in the space or at least tracking. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a numbers person. I like numbers and seeing my performance. It's very hard to know if the changes I'm making were doing good. And therefore I found it quite hard to encourage myself to continue to do more things or even know whether I'm making an impact or I'm living better or not living better. I don't really know. And then it went from there talking about, well, we all know about financial services. We know about technology. All the data's in there anyway to help me figure out the answer to the questions I'm asking myself. And then from there, we started to build Echo. And it took, you know, a year, two years to build the idea fully, to build the concept and kind of figure out how we can do this, how we can deploy it. And then we launched it a year ago and then from there it's kind of grown and grown and grown and now we're helping businesses do it as well so it's not just consumers anyone with employees can take on our product and empower employees to do more in that space wow that's so interesting and as you say you're a numbers person i i think in the fight against the climate crisis for parents for adults you know really concerned about this on behalf of their kids there are so many different ways that we are trying to combat this um so that you with your group of friends I imagine were you know came up with this concept from for people like you for people who are numbers people I think of my carbon footprint and I just immediately think I need to just reduce everything and just go and live in a cave but that you're kind of systematically trying to think okay well we can analyze this we can look at the data that's so interesting to me that's your that's your action point you saw a way to really actually help people like you who wanted to understand the data and that was your entry point. That's really cool. It, 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 the way I motivate myself, maybe, is, you know, what's the number and then how can I reduce it and how can I track it? And if I can mm-hmm. see myself getting better, then I feel quite good about that. Um, and I can I, I kind of more, 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 better, get better, get better, get better. And without that, I really struggled. Like I, I, you try and make the right choices, but I really struggled with the, I don't know if I'm getting better or I'm not, or whether I, it's making a difference. So what were you um, doing up until that point as an individual then, Ollie? Um, so I was doing all my recycling. We were trying to move over to more sustainable uh, products and services. So to name drop people like Small, et cetera. Um, and we were trying to, as a family, make little changes regularly. I think we tried once to kind of go all in and this is now a big change for our lifestyle. And that was very tough. Then it's kind of how do we step in? How do we slowly increase, get better and better and better? And then two years later, suddenly our carbon footprint reduced significantly because you know we, we mostly eat vegan. Um, we mostly walk everywhere we could possibly go. We kind of reduced everything, every step of the way. But it, it was not an overnighter. And this is part of it as well. But I didn't become, and I'm, I'm not portraying myself as being perfect you know, from my impact at all. But it was never an overnight. This is now me. It's kind of a, how do we get better, 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 better through little steps. But that's good because we don't want to interview perfect people. None of us are perfect. And in fact, that's something that Babs and I've talked about quite a lot in this whole discussion about um you know climate anxiety being parents you know seeing the climate crisis unfold is terrifying but it's about making these incremental changes isn't it you we we still live in the world that we live in um so i i like that and i like the fact that you 
you're taking one little thing at a time or big thing at a time and trying to make changes and analyze it um does has that made it kind of more has that made for you the climate crisis not obviously less scary because it's incredibly scary but has that made it more manageable for you to kind of make these behavior changes um i think it has it's made it more i'm i'm increasingly aware of everything that i do and the impact that has because i can see that now and that's that's quite useful um has it helped me in in different ways because i guess I guess one thing i've realized through echo is it's made me think about climate in pretty much everything i do and therefore that has a much broader impact on the way i behave or the way i talk about things or the way i challenge other people when i'm speaking to them in various forms um so it's, it's had a much bigger impact than what it's doing itself because i now talk about it think about it and i'm involved in it every single day every How? minute every day. in what way in the way that i challenge friends on their thinking i have more comfort in the that i'm a numbers person i can challenge them quite clearly on what they're doing go well were you aware that's the impact of what you're doing challenge like, me now give me an example of what you mean challenge us very, so I, I know people who have um very expensive petrol cars that kind of rocket and you can actually have a, a honest conversation going well you know use your echo card i'll use mine and let's see where we get to in a month let's let's have a conversation you'll see the impact of what you're doing and you can track it you can see your carbon footprint and that that's pretty painful to see and that that's where it's kind of just just having that ongoing conversation but when you said it's painful that's also interesting to me i think some people want to know their carbon footprint some other people potentially really don't want to know their car they want to just do something good but they don't really want to know like how how have you navigated that one so we're, we're more for people uh, who do want to know yeah i think i think you couldn't take our products out whether you're a business whether you're a consumer unless you you wanted to know yeah. Um, mm. And we kind of just went straight down that path that we're here for people who want to be 10, 20% better and help on that journey. If that's not you, we're probably not the right product for you. We're probably not the right business for you. But it doesn't mean you're not doing something fantastic. That's not what I'm saying. It's just a, we are really for those people who really want to see their impact and help reduce it and can measure it. And what's the uptake been like then, Ollie? <laughs> I mean, I know your startup have kind of been in for what, a year or two now. So how is it going? People getting it? It's going well. Do you know what we're, we're so we started with launching a consumer card for consumers. So anyone in the UK can have this card. And we don't do credit checks or anything like that. Because we just want to have anyone can have it. And that was going well. But what we realized is businesses were asking if they could have it, which was well, or maybe was not quite expecting that to happen at the same place. They're saying, you know, can I have it for my employees? Can I have it for my business? Can I have my business expenses? Because we see that as a big opportunity for us as a business to do more. And that's, you know, we've launched that product from now, so they can now do that. But over time, we've kind of gone through the, we launched the product, then you know, we had a cost of living crisis, et cetera. And that kind of, does that change people's behaviors? Has it changed the way they are um, purchasing the Echo product? Yes, it has a little bit. But then we'll, we kind of, we're going to play through that and in the future, that's okay. Um, so it kind of dipped a little bit and actually businesses are now the people who are really asking for this product. So people listening, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, people listening to this might be thinking, oh, this is just a real good opportunity to make a bit of money. Um, and there is, for you guys as a business, and there is that conversation where people say, you know, businesses, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, by the way, Ollie, I like to play devil's advocate. Katie will tell you that. But, you know, 
businesses want to make money out of the greenness that that has arisen in people's consciousness, right? But perhaps behind that is not the authentic mode of functioning that needs to really tackle climate change. What would you say to that? I I, I, I would be careful being concerned about profit with purpose. I think I think businesses need to be commercial to be able to deliver the impact that they can deliver. So mm. we are we are a commercial business. If we weren't, we couldn't be doing the things that we're doing and having the impact that we're having with the people around the world. Um, I think there's almost a danger of assuming that if you make money as a business, that means you can't be doing good. So I, I fundamentally don't think that's true. Um, that's really what interesting. What we need to be careful of. Is, that's what really we need to be I'm really passionate on profit with purpose is how and actually there's more on that in terms of how you can grow your business you need to be making money otherwise you won't get the money you need to grow it for investment or equally for revenue Um, I think for us though it's about the tangible stuff so we are all about tangibility using our cards you know you can tell your carbon footprint we do tree uh, reforestation we do plastic waste removal we do carbon offsetting rhino conservation etc it's about the specifics i can tell you exactly the amount of trees you have planted exactly the amount of bottles you've saved exactly the carbon footprint exactly what you've offset here's the certificates here's the stuff and i think having that clear transparency throughout tackles that to go we are a commercial business but you can see what your personal thing is and we can see what the whole of echo has done as a business and that i think is a way of helping people with the confidence of is this genuine is it not it's not a future commitment of a business that says we are, you know, we're we, we're not even a green coloured business because we thought that was just a bit too close to the line where our colours are psychedelic and that's about <laughs> positive reinforcement, but it's about factual transparency of your impact. And in fact, that was the bit that I I was most intrigued by with your business model because um, I have to say when I hear kind of carbon offsetting, I think of all the mm-hmm. kind of news reports about how... Yeah shady that can be and um but transparency is key as you say and if you can say that you have got a full handle on the forest where the new trees that you're planting are going and you've got full accountability um that they are going to be watered for the first year or so or you kind of you know where they are I think lots of people when you're when you're kind of encouraged something for carbon offsetting there's not much confidence I think with some of those schemes because so many of them you know have have seemed a little bit less good than they might appear but the fact that you do seem to have a a commitment to transparency um, must have been quite a hard decision for you as a business to make as well though to, to have that robustness it was almost core to us. So, our, um, so we do reforestation and those the trees are planted, they're maintained for five years, they're audited by why there was World Conservation International. They are, the problem we had is they are expensive for us. So, so if you as a consumer, it's free. We, we, it's factored into the way you transact and the money banks make when you buy anything anywhere in the world. Um, they make money, whether they tell you or not, that's what they do. And we use that to pay for these trees. Um, the challenge we had is, you've got to stick to your principles when that you can get trees for cheap or you can get proper impact trees that have a real impact and based plant-based not only on their impact in terms of climate but also biodiversity etc paying for that is where we've had the challenge and had to stuck, stick to our guns um when we and were who building does, the product. 
And who tells you what what is right? I mean, you you said you're a numbers man. So do you have somebody working with you that is um what's the word I'm looking for, Katie? Oversight. Ethics advisor. Oh, I don't know, I was gonna know. say an ecologist, but somebody who knows the fact yeah. that these plants or trees are gonna be better than the other ones. Yeah, so we work with the best of the best. So World Conservation International, we do are doing carbon offset, I think it's with gold standard, uh bottles of preventation plastic, like the, the best of the best. And then our advisory board, we also have people around us who challenge us daily on this to kind of really figure out what's the right and wrong thing to do. Um and it's yeah, important the more we need people around you, right, to help you. This is it's almost a it's another fear that we'll get a, we'll make the wrong decision. And I I don't think we have, but I'm sure we will make the wrong decision over the next few years as we continue to grow. And we just need to be ready for when that happens. And if we've done it with the best intentions, it's transparent throughout. And we can change it quickly, then we will do that. But it's it's an ongoing fear we have. Um, but I think that can also be quite detrimental in that businesses more generally, to do something is scary because you open yourselves up. And therefore, do I then not do anything because it's safe? But then that's that's the worst scenario, right? If I'm not doing anything. Um, and I think there's a I think there's an appetite amongst some consumers, not all of them. I think there is an appetite amongst some consumers. We, um, my husband and I transferred to an ethical bank uh, probably about six years ago. And, you know, it hasn't been easy. There's not as many facilities as there are with kind of some of the major banks. But it's been exciting to see the transition um, in with with that bank. And I think probably the people who you would attract are customers or consumers who are interested in seeing how how you grow and how you how you are responsible with with their investment. Because I don't know, how how do you invest people's money as well? What's what does that look like? So we don't. Um, we don't. Um, we are um, we are a debit card. We don't do things like mortgages or loans or all that kind of stuff. That, we don't really play in that space. And any money held with us is held in account and not lent out. Um, so it, 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 that doesn't happen as part of the, the regulatory framework we, we've set up and we're in. So it, that's kind of helpful in that, you know, you put money with us, it sits there. But we, we, we don't want to have your mortgage. We don't want to have your investments or savings um where about your transaction stuff so what are you buying every day what's your you people load us up with 500 pounds a thousand pounds a month and go and use it on their daily spends because that's where we can really help i can't we're not really here to help you with your pension or with your investments um there are other brilliant know, providers who do brilliant stuff yeah and you talked um a bit earlier and i cut you off i think because we were talking about you know the startup journey but of course your data gatherers your collectors of people's information, very personal information, very private information for some who, although as you've already told us, banks are already doing it, we just don't want to hear about it, but you're already penetrating that. So there, with that surely comes a level of responsibility. And people often don't want to know what they're up to every day. You know, it's kind of going into the psyche of people saying, well, it's a bit like, you know, your smart TV or everything smart, or you're being told this, or your Fitbit, blah, 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 and then there's another thing. So how are you kind of, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Do you get like the idea that another layer of information about yourself is being exposed to a third party and you're having to answer to that with notifications on your phone saying you are not doing enough today? 
Uh, so you should never get that from us. We'd never tell you off. It's always positive, always encouraging. Positive reinforcement, not. You'll never get the negatives. Yeah, but that um, could be irritating as well. You are doing yeah. really well today. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. There, there'll be people who may not, um, may not like it. You know, you can turn off notifications for a bit. And that's saying with, with kind of anything where you have that communication flow. On on the data set, I, just to be clear, we 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 use that data set. But there's technology layers that need to actually can't see you. That's kind of all done. As in every transaction anywhere in the world, your bank can see the same data we see. It doesn't really. Um, maybe it just it's crystallized that banks, mm. building societies, car payments can see that stuff. Mm. I do think there is an information override there. Right? You have too much, and therefore there's so much information that means I don't really pay attention anymore. It's just too much for me to engage with. So that's why I want to make it personal. It's about you and your impact. And if you want to turn it off, you can turn it off. And you want to do the use it. But even if you turn off the notifications, you're still doing good because as you transact, you are the card itself is planting trees and saving plastic bottles from entering the ocean. That's, it's already doing that good stuff. If you want to turn off for two weeks, we encourage you not to do that. But if you want to, you can. So I'm fascinated by this pro profit with purpose, though. Um, obviously, you have decided with your skills and your experience and your response to the climate crisis. You're a dad, as you say. You've decided to set up a bank um for other parents listening to this who don't really know where their place is what would you say I like the idea of you down the pub with your three other friends kind of hashing this out and kind of you know all done was it in the pub I missed that bit yeah I inserted that oh, I, okay, insert, I think I inserted that into the narrative because that's how I imagined <laughs> it was it been. was in the pub it was maybe the I pub. just wish I'd been there with you Ollie I think that's probably <laughs> it but like the fact that you had this had this drive and you you wanted to do something and you've done it is is really hugely like exciting and um I just wonder what you would say to some people parents listening at home um maybe along the lines of the profit with purpose thing you know other kind of ways that people can set up like entrepreneurial things that people can do would you have any any advice for any any other listeners um that's a good question I think one of the pieces of advice, I, one of the things we did well is we didn't jump straight in. So we had this idea and we wanted to kind of hone it and get it right. Um, what I've done before, so a few years ago, I, I was really unhappy in my job and I quit it and said, I'm going to go and build my own thing and come up with a new idea and I tried to do it. But what I really suffered with was when you go and jump two feet straight away, you don't have any income to pay for your mortgage or nursery fees. You don't have this stuff. And then that pressure alongside the pressure of trying to build a new business becomes personally became too much. I thought I can't do this. I'm gonna have to go back into you know, a, a proper full-time job. What we did this time on this thing, which is you know, five years later, whatever it was, is actually I had another job. We all had other jobs all the time, meaning I removed the pressure of paying my mortgage and making sure you know we've got everything we need for the kids. That wasn't there because that was covered elsewhere. There was other pressure because I now had a job and another job and family and all that stuff. And that was kind of different type of pressure. But uh, it's almost the best thing we did was to take our time, do it in the right way, in a way that we weren't under pressure for speed or anything. We took our time to get it right. And if you know I was ever to do something like this again, it would be the same way of trying to do it in a space where I have the time to think this through and don't have the pressure of financial bills to pay on top of it. Because it, it's a lot, it's a, it's a huge amount on individuals 
building businesses in this way, it's really hard to add on more layers of difficulty and stress. Um, it's, it's, it would be even harder, I think. I think that's then, really, really good advice. Yeah, I do too. And I, and also, I suppose, um, adding the other big layer of how can we make a difference in the future for our children, the next generation coming through. So when you've got you've got two children, you were telling us before we started the yeah. interview. Yeah, two um, young girls, yeah. Two young girls. How old are they? Did you say five and? Five and three. Five and three. So... What's your hope for them? What does life look for the girls? Do you feel as a dad now? In terms of sustainability or more generally? Both. Give us the both. But I was thinking in terms of climate crisis um, and your view on that, really. But, you know, you're doing something, you're acting, you're, you're, you're trying to do your best. But, you know, what are your hopes? What are your fears for them? My fears are that we kind of let this, as a generation, let this drag. Um, I hope that when they're older, this is just part of your day-to-day -day living, is that everything you operate with or work with or do is sustainable. That's just kind of the core expectation. Um, and we've really kind of moved the game forward, that it's easy for most people to live more sustainably or it just, it's just part of day-to-day -day life. Um, I kind of, I, it's almost when they're old enough to have these conversations, I really hope we've kind of, we're really a long way down the line because if it's in 10 years that we're starting, they're still having this challenge in the way of how do we actually start to get going, I think it'd be very um, upsetting and clearly damaging as well. Do you think they'll be proud? Well, I was going to say, do you think they'll be proud of you? I think they'll be proud of you, that you took the chance, you had a side hustle, you worked on it and you've created something that you that you really believe in. I hope so. I hope they kind of see it as an opportunity for them to do something as well. Um, I kind I try and encourage them to come up with their own ideas. I mean, they're only three and five, but kind of why not? Why can't they go and do stuff um, in the right yeah, but space? I, I think that's important. I, I I often think you know how we raise our kids. They also watch us and they watch what we do, don't they? They watch our choices, um, and they've watched you operating within. They won't notice the financial sector clearly. <laughs> three and five, but they'll watch you going to work and they'll watch you doing something totally different and you know you are a man very obviously who um is principled and that you're trying to do something different for the right reasons wow um, she called you principled dolly yeah but i, I think, think that... i don't think she's ever used those words in a sentence no. to describe <laughs> me let alone anybody else so this is <laughs> this is a major moment but i i've been thinking about that a lot and how our kids kind of view us and how they view our decisions um and you know Babs one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is that my son said will the planet die before I do mum talking to me so actually what how my children view me and what I'm doing it really matters so I feel like I'm gonna cry it matters so so hugely to me and I'm sure it matters hugely to you I'm sure it had an impact in the pub when you were chatting to your your three friends and and I think that that is is really important for yeah, I think that's that's really um, inspiring for other people. Mm -hmm. I, I, I try and, um, what I found quite useful recently is we try and include them in the conversation, see things. So when we're coming up with our card designs, I got them out to make it. I mean, obviously I steered their choice in the right direction. I, I got them. <laughs> you're like, yeah, one of this one, maybe this one, and you're edging it. Down the pen, darling. <laughs> <laughs> you can, yeah, I can steer a three-year-old <laughs> in the right way. 
Um, but try and include them. I know. I think they they enjoy it. Um, but yeah. Let's see. So, has it been an emotional journey so far, Wally? I mean, it's not easy running your own business. I uh, individually, it's been tough. It, it's really hard. I think it's harder for uh, my wife than it is for me. Mm. In that, um, she read something when we were first starting out, which actually, you know, um, made her kind of aware of and obsessed that there are now three people in our marriage. There's me, there's her, and my business. Because, because it's all, I mean, it's always in my head, like every second of every day, permanently, permanently in my head. And that's unfair on her because when I'm with her, I'm still, no, it's still there, still in my head, like thinking about it every now and again, or some idea or something stressful that's going on or something like that. Um, so it's been hard for me, but I think it's harder for her. Um, Especially with two little ones as well, right? Like that's... Yeah, that. and she's got a full-on job. You know, she's a children's doctor, so she's got her own stresses that are, you know, really impactful individually as well. Um, but you kind of muddle through. I, I try... I had some, some interesting advice when, maybe about six years ago, is try and be really present when you're with your family rather than at work. Like, take, turn your phone off and, like, just, just focus on that moment because, you know, the bedtime story is a really special thing to do. And I'm, I'm look, I work from home for a remote business. I'm lucky enough most nights to do bedtime stories. And it's such an important part of your life, an important part of their life. And I've caught myself reading a bedtime story and I don't even know what's happened. Yeah. My brain's been thinking about this other thing that's going on. So I, I love not... that you shared that because I think that's cool. the same for, for most parents. Yeah. It, it, it catches you. Right? Like, what? It I, does. Just, I don't even know what's going on here. And I've been thinking about this meeting that I've got tomorrow. And that's not, mm. that's not fair. Um, that's not fair on, on my kids. Well, yeah. What, what does the next few years look like then for you in this space? Because, of course, we're talking about business and your business. Um, but, you know, understandings. Do you think the language will change that we're using every day about our own carbon footprint? Have you seen a shift in that? I think we are moving away from just pure carbon footprint into more sustainability more generally. And I think we will, I hope Echo will be at the forefront of that because we're, we're plugging in news new data sets that say you won't just lean your carbon footprint, but you'll be able to track versus all of the SDGs, what your impact is of your purchasing, kind of help broaden out, I think is the useful thing that we'll be doing. Um, and I think the industry will move that way as well. I generally think over the next, and I'm going to get niche on my financial services stuff now, but I'm convinced over the next three to five years, every card provider you have or work with will have this kind of tool built into their system. It will just be expected. And actually, I, you wouldn't bank or work or do anything with anyone who doesn't have this. Well, and then that will which, elevate the game a bit. Which makes to me, though, that when you were saying about the profits for purpose and the transparency, that makes the transparency bit even more key. Because almost when I think, oh no, everyone's going to jump on this bandwagon, I think, oh no, it's so, you know, so that's why I, I think the transparency that you're trying to bring to it is 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 so fundamentally key to that is that it do you feel that way i, I do it and, and i i hope that everyone's got it and it's part of it's just part of everyone's day to day i almost have the same view uh again back in my fintech nerdy head now is if you get rolled back you know five six seven years we didn't really have mobile banking like we do now it was all a bit rubbish it barely worked it did nothing on it then you have some startups like monzo starling revolut come to the game Suddenly, big banks need to follow on and up, up their game because they're having their lunch eaten. 
and now mobile banking and digital banking is fantastic and it's a brilliant service that does lots of amazing stuff i want the same to happen in this space when it comes to sustainability and that okay bigger banks may be a bit slower to this game but once they see people like echo and others in the industry pushing the pushing the boundaries of what is possible they'll have to they'll be forced to up their game and actually nowadays startups and big banks partner together whereas before it's like us versus them you know we hate each other da, da, da. now it's kind of a well if you're doing something great that can help my customers let's work with you and get this thing done and actually that's that's how we can get to a much bigger impact much much quicker than kind of us on our own doing a little bit yeah well we're going to watch it really um very closely thank you for chatting to us ollie what's um bedtime story tonight one of my daughters only goes to bed if you read the gruffalo so i must have read the oh, gruffalo that's off my a heart. classic that's 800 a classic. times i do the whole thing i can do the whole thing yeah. no issues every night for about so on years. our next yeah. episode the gruffalo read by ollie Cook today <laughs> um well listen i've got a three-year-old so i'm going to enjoy bedtime reading and i'm going to be present for that because you've just um made me yeah it's good reminder isn't it for all of us who are just running around like headless chickens trying to do everything but um let's just take those moments right those special ones because they go very quickly yeah, yeah. that was yeah. the most important important thing we can really do as parents apart from everything else that we've discussed today isn't it is actually just be present with our kids so thank you Ollie thank you for telling us about everything that you do as well thank you for having me the wonderful Ollie Cook there talking to us about his vision of responding to the climate crisis and building a business in his own way. That's what I really love, Babs. I don't know about you, but, you know, the way his brain works, he's a kind of analytical guy. He's got an analytical brain. His response to the climate crisis and what he's decided to do is very different to what is within my area of capability. But what a, what a fascinating guy what a fascinating response to the climate crisis yeah and I just love the fact that Ollie was able to share with us you know how difficult the journey has been to do this startup um on the family you know he's a dad of two kids two very young kids and his wife has been incredibly supportive herself a full-time working mum doctor yeah um and you know it's not easy when you make the decision to go your own way and do something like he's doing but um he is doing it I'm just really glad that we were able to chat to him about the highs and lows of that journey. So, Ollie, thank you very much. Coming up next on Mum, Will the Planet Die Before I Do? We're talking fast fashion with the journalist Lucy Siegel, who's made it her business to work out how we can live well and look good without destroying the planet. See you then. Mum, Will the Planet Die Before I Do? is a Corner Shop media production presented and produced by Babita Sharma, Katie Glasborough and edited by Nisha Patel.